thank you for listening to the podcasts from Life Central Church. For more information or to visit one of our locations, go to lifecentralchurch.org.uk. This is Easter Sunday, and what just happened, I think, is a phrase that you and I ask many times in life. And our youngest son, Simeon, many of you know I've told these stories before, he's got complex additional needs, learning disability, or a whole host of other stuff. And when he was very young, well, well, he's still sensory seeking, which meant that when he was very young and very much more active, there was lots of times in our lives when we walked into a room and said, what has just happened? Or when we were on the beach once and there was this massive display of all these incredible sandcastles that people have spent hours and hours and hours building and constructing and they were ornate and they were intricate and, and it spent days and days on it. And as we go onto the front of the beach, Simeon looks at it and he looks up at me like that and I look at him and we don't say anything but I know what's going to happen. And he runs through every single one of them. And I'm running after him, trying to catch him, saying to the people, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. He's got additional knees, he's got autism. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What just happened? Or that time when we bought him a guinea pig? Yes. And then we came in from work one night and the guinea pig is in the corner of the hutch and traumatised, lying on a couch with his therapist. No, he was almost like that. He's traumatised because he's all shaking like that. And we said, Simeon, what just happened? And Simeon said, guinea pigs don't fly. Because what he tried to do is he'd open the cage and he put all the sawdust in a big pile and he got the guinea pig really high and dropped it to see if it flew and it didn't fly. And the next week we came in again and the, and the, and the guinea pig is in the corner of the hutch and he's traumatised, only this time he's shaking and he's also wet. And we said, Simeon, what just happened? And Simeon said, guinea pigs don't swim. Because he'd run the sink and tried and, and all this thing, these happened. What just, we couldn't explain what just happened. And that's true in some of the light, fun side of life, but it's also true in some of the painful sides of life as well. Like several years before when me and, and Alison, as young married couple, are outside a hospital and we'd just been given the news that his complex needs and disabilities would mean that he would never live an independent life. And then fast forward to the age of 15 when we realised that we couldn't cope any longer and he needed help that we couldn't give him. And so he went into residential care, by far the hardest day of our entire lives. What just happened? And for you and I, when, when we think about what just happened, the amazing stuff and the awful stuff, sometimes it leaves some of us to ask this question, and where are you, God? And I think it's been hard to ask that, maybe easier to ask that in the last few years because life's been so tough. And when you and I watch pandemics and we watch mass shootings and we watch uh, tsunamis and earthquakes and all of that, it's easy to ask that question, where are you God? Where are you God? I think it's last couple of years, it's never been easier for doubters to believe and it's never been easier for believers to doubt. I think we're in that turbulent stage what just happened leads us to ask, where are you, God? But I want to declare something to you, every single one of you, on Easter Sunday 2023, and it's this. God is still in the story. Amen? God is still in the story. This is the good news, the great news about Easter. God is still in the story. I want you to come with me to that first Easter Sunday. We're going to sing and celebrate again in a moment, but that first Easter Sunday... 
You know, they, they'd seen Jesus, the one that they put their hope and trust in. They'd seen him taken, arrested, tried, beaten, crucified, dead and buried, put in a tomb. And on that day, on that day, some of them came to the tomb to treat the dead body. There was nobody outside the tomb counting down from 10. What they'd done is they'd come to anoint a dead body. Nobody was expecting nobody. Nobody was expecting nobody. It was a shock to the followers of Jesus when they came and they saw that the stone had rolled away and that the grave clothes that Jesus was buried in were lying in the tomb and his body was not there. The Romans with the Jews had crucified him and put him in the ground and he had died, but they couldn't find his body. Fast forward 350 years and the Roman Empire was now no longer anymore in existence. And the movement that Jesus started that the Roman Empire tried to stamp out was, had become the biggest movement in the then known world. The cross that was a symbol of suffering and shame was now a symbol of faith and hope and love. Fast forward another 1700 or so years and Alison and myself and about 30 people from this church found ourselves last year in the streets of Jerusalem. Why did we go to Jerusalem? Why did we go? It wasn't for the falafel. Why did we go to Jerusalem? It was to see where Jesus walked and we were joined by millions and have been joined by millions of other people who 2,000 years after this one man lived and died are still remembering this one man who lived and died. Something happened. Something happened. And I, I want to I try and help you to make sense of it a little bit. Um, by telling you another little story of what just happened. And this is a story uh, a little bit before Jesus died, while Jesus was still kind of walking around. And he had a lot of friends that travelled with him. We call them the disciples. You might know those names. But he also had some other friends, some sibling friends, three of them, Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary. And uh, one day he hears news that Lazarus is sick, really badly sick. And eventually he goes to travel to Bethany, which is where they live. And it says this in John 11, verse 21. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. You see, by the time Jesus got there, he was dead. Lazarus was dead and in his own tomb. If only you'd have been here, God, this wouldn't have happened. I wonder how many of us have asked that question. God, if you're God, if you're real... If you'd have been here, if you'd have done something, if you hadn't have sat on your hands and actually did something, maybe this wouldn't have happened. What just happened? Maybe, it's you, maybe I wouldn't have had this health report that I've got. Maybe they wouldn't have walked out and left me on my own. Maybe I wouldn't have been fired from that job. Maybe my kids wouldn't be in the state they're in right now. Maybe my parents wouldn't be struggling with this. If you'd have been here, God, and if you'd have been who you say you are, this would not have happened. And this has come home really poignantly to me this week. Many of you know, last Sunday, we celebrated, we baptised 21 people here, which was amazing, uh, who'd given their lives to Jesus. And at the same time, one of our ladies, good friend of ours, called Abby, part of our church, 49, lone parent with two teenage boys, fighting cancer. And she said to me just a couple of weeks ago, I want to be there on Easter Sunday. Well, Abby didn't make it. Abby passed away on Wednesday 
And so last Sunday, we, we had this moment where we were so high because of 21 people baptised and me and my wife went out to just have a cup of coffee and just celebrate and just in that moment, then got a call and then we were in the hospice praying for Abby. But you know something? I thought about it this week. Abby wanted to get to Easter Sunday. Abby's Easter Sunday came early. Abby's Easter Sunday came on Wednesday. The ultimate Easter Sunday for Abby came on Wednesday. And I could ask the question like Martha asked, God, if you'd have been here, this wouldn't have happened. And then Jesus kind of goes on to say something really strange. He says, Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. That's like a riddle, isn't it? Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. Although we kind of will physically, but he's not talking about that, is he? He's talking about something else. Do you believe this, Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him. Let me just unpack that for, for a moment. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. We've been looking at these statements. Jesus made seven statements about himself, all began with the prefix, I am. And it literally means present tense. He doesn't say, I have resurrection. Uh, I can get you resurrection. He says, no, I am resurrection. In this present moment, I am resurrection and life. And the word resurrection is the Greek word anastasis, which literally means standing up. It's a rising up. It literally means you can stand up again, whatever has happened in your life. So you can stand up after that health report. You can stand up after that marriage breakup. You can stand up after the loss of that job. You can stand up even after the loss of a loved one because I am the resurrection, the standing up and the life. Again, in the Greek language that much of the New Testament is written in, there are three words for life. There's, there's bios, where we get biology from, like the natural life, biological life. There's psyche, uh, the, the kind of self-life. But then there's the word zoe, which is eternal life, the, the life of God. And that's the life he's talking about right here and right now. God is still in the story. Isn't that right? Even when you've lost that loved one, God is still in the story. Even when you've lost that job, God is still in the story. Even when you're facing that health situation you're facing, God is still in the story. And that's the good news about Easter. And, and I think it's amazing because when we go back to the story, uh, Martha has this little interaction with Jesus. And he says, if you'd have been here, if you'd have done something, he's dead. And Jesus goes to the tomb and, and he speaks and he raises Lazarus from the dead which is amazing and a miracle. But of course, Lazarus goes on to die again because all of us do. But Jesus' point isn't that I can do a miracle now. Jesus' point is that I am the miracle always. I am the miracle always. Even though you die, you don't really die. You get to live. And so I know that Abby right now is celebrating with Jesus in heaven. And our thoughts and prayers go out to the boys and her family and her friends. Of course they do. And we're devastated by that. But at the same time, this is the good news. That even though you die, and we all do, we can live eternally because he is risen from the dead. <laughs> and you know, let's now just go back to, to, the, to the first Easter Sunday where it all began. Remember the followers, they turned up at the tomb. Nobody counting down from 10. And nobody was expecting no body. And yet there was nobody there. And they never, ever found a body. And we haven't found a body either. 
And Jesus said to Martha, do you believe this? And that word believe means fully persuaded. Have you come to put your trust and your faith in this, that there is no body because I am the resurrection and the life. And you may have lots of questions about faith and we get that. We love that here in this church. Many, many people in this church aren't from a church background. They didn't grow up believing in God. They, some of them would declare themselves to have been atheists at one point. But they went on a journey of exploration, looking at some of the questions and began to realise that maybe there's more evidence than we first thought in this thing called faith. In fact, next Sunday, we're going to begin a new series for five weeks, looking at some of the big questions people ask about faith and life. So what about science? What about all the suffering? What about this that's happened in my life? How can you say God is a God of love? We're going to look at all that in the next five weeks. We've called it Googling God. It's going to be so good. Next week, I'm going to kick it off by looking at science and faith. And I am uniquely qualified to look at this subject because I have a CSE grade one in biology. Okay, so so I'm uniquely gifted to talk to you about science next Sunday. But just in a few minutes I've got left, because we're going to sing again in a moment, and it's going to be amazing. I want to tell you the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because you know many people, and maybe you're here in this room or you're watching in one of our sites or you're watching online, you say, oh, it sounds great. And you guys all get excited. You know, maybe some of you, you were looking around when people were singing and you were like, this is weird. This is weird. And why are you all so excited? This is really weird. You're talking about a guy that died and was buried and you say he rose again from the dead. I mean, what is all that about? You know, we don't believe that now, do we? Because we're like sophisticated and we're, we're intelligent now and science and all of that. We're going to look at that next week. But I want to give you the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Five very, very simple things. The first one is this, what he said. What he said, I am the resurrection and the life, Jesus said. And here's the thing. If the guy who predicts his own death and resurrection can pull it off, I'm going to go for him. I am. The re- he said that about himself. But also what they saw. The Bible is a historic document. It's, it, there's, there's manuscripts that are really early to the events when they were written. Much earlier than other events that we say are historic. Much, much earlier. Way more and much earlier. And over 500 people claim to have seen Jesus risen from the dead after Easter Sunday. And some people say, well, that was a hallucination. That's medically impossible. You need more faith to believe that than in the resurrection. You cannot have the same hallucination. 500 people cannot have the same hallucination in different times and places. They saw this guy risen from the dead. But the third thing is this, what nobody has ever found. What nobody has ever found. Nobody has ever found the body. If the Romans had taken the body out of the tomb, why would they not have brought the dead body and say, hey, before you get carried away, all right, and start singing your gospel songs again, all right, it's all over. Here's the dead body. If the Jews had taken the dead body, why would they not have done the same? Because Jesus was a threat to their system. And if the disciples had taken the body, okay, knowing they'd taken the dead body, all of them but John would have lost their lives, not for something they believed in, but for something they knew wasn't true. Many people give their lives for what they believe in. Nobody gives their life for what they know is not true. It doesn't make any sense. If you are are a rational thinking person, think about it. It doesn't make sense. So who took the body? The only rational conclusion I can come to is that Jesus 
rose from the dead. But here's the fourth evidence. What has happened since? Since this man, 33 years old, only three years of active, if you like, what we call ministry, life, where he went around and taught and that. And he never travelled outside the country. He never raised an army. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't trained in the way that, that we might think. He didn't have any money. He didn't have big houses. He didn't, he didn't have thousands of Instagram followers. He didn't have that. And yet what was accomplished on planet Earth is breathtaking. The art, the literature, the music, the history, the education, the hospitals, the science, all of that that's originated out of him and out of people that say that they believed in him. It's literally changed the world. And so 21 people last week, young and old, black and white, all different backgrounds said, hey, this man, the risen man, has changed my life. But you know, here's the fifth and final thing I want to say is this. I believe in the, in the evidence of the resurrection. I believe in the resurrection of Jesus because what can happen right here and right now. God is still in the story and God is still in your story and he can be in your story right here and right now. Why? Because he is not only risen, he is risen for you.